0: Good morning. Brady, I'll make you the moderator.
1: Good
0: morning, Jonathan. Do another loop and then I'm gonna get started. Good morning, everybody. Uh, what well, this brings back memories because uh, this is back in the early nineties when I I just came to the United States for about uh, two years, and uh, I heard this song. I'm not into rap music. I'm still not into rap music, but this song gave me an extremely deep impression back then. Uh, you know, I only know the name of the song is "Black Heart," but I don't know exactly. You know who sang it? Who? What is the band and all that? So when I heard this, uh, Memphis, uh, police, uh, five pol- black cops beat up this, uh, Tyree Nichols to his death, I was like, wow, that's a perfect, uh, 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 uh topic for me to, you know, reconnect this, uh, old, old 30 year old, uh, song and, uh, and uh, to talk about, you know, to combine this, this, uh, uh, judicial white privilege show. So good morning everybody. Today is uh, March the 5th and uh, uh, I appreciate you coming uh, to this show because uh, I know for sure you have much better things to do on Sunday. And uh, so today's show is going to be very, very participative. I'm, that's what I'm hoping uh, to achieve. Because I do, uh, oh, by the way, July, I appreciate your suggestion. And uh, and oh, Brady, by the way, jumping if you see any needs to jump in uh july i agree with you i would have a post all the reference links in the chat room uh but today actually is the only show uh, only episode i don't have a lot to post on the chat room because uh it's going to be very very give and take i really want to hear you opinions from you guys okay you know like i said the uh you probably know some of you probably know the other day, I used the word house slaves, uh, in one of the rooms. I believe it's Rudy's room. And one of the hosts, uh, were getting upset for me using that word house slave. I don't quite understand why. And so feel free to correct me if I am, you know, stepping out of line and all that. So, so again, today is, uh, today's episode. I just want to be as, Participative as possible, so feel free to call in and give me your opinions on that. Okay, so so that's that. I want to do a news up update first. Uh, real quick, we all know about this uh, student loan debt crisis, and uh, it's been argued in the U.S. Supreme Court that, that the Biden administration does not have the authority to forgive. Uh, these uh, student loans. So, by all accounts, uh, uh, people believe that the U.S. Supreme Court is going to uh, stop Joe Biden's initiative to forgive these student loans. I have said very early on, this is a complete ruse by the Joe Biden. During the midterm election, she—I mean, he—just want to. Uh, the Democrats to remain in power. That's why he threw out this uh, student loan forgiveness thing. And uh, I did not know this, 26 million people sign up for the student loan forgiveness program. And now the everything they did is going to be wasted. So I was like, only Joe Biden can do this. Basically take 26 million U.S. citizens for a ride for something that it will never happen. So that's very typical Joe Biden, and which I'm going to talk about lay, uh, lay later also. So this is the first news I want to share with you. Oh, Brady, you will like this uh, uh, news. I just saw it on the on the Chinese uh, TV channel. There's one Dutch guy, 26 year old. He is an expert in indoor agriculture, meaning grow vegetables, plants in a container, in a controlled environment. And he is practicing his craft in China because uh, he find out in Netherlands, there is not a good economic environment to practice his craft. And he showed how he can use uh, different lightings, temperatures, moisture in the container, fully controlled by humans, to control the growing of vegetables, he called it 3D farming, three-dimensional farming. And I actually learned about this uh, from a Stephen Colbert show. Uh, back then it's called the vertical farming. Uh, back then, Stephen Colbert, in his on uh, his uh, Colbert report, is very, very inspiring, very, very creative. And uh, he invited all these odd guests, have so crazy ideas. So so anyway, this uh, Dutch guy. He is realizing his vertical farming or 3D farming dreams in China, which I find out to be fascinating. The second piece of news I want to talk about is actually I've talked about in the past. I am very seriously contemplating do another show called uh, geopolitics equals ethnopolitics. And I have not, uh, I recently got this guy, Matthew D. He subscribed this second show I'm contemplating on. I have not even published that show yet. I just talked about it. Not really, because it takes some time and all that. Because he subscribed it, I was like, geez, I need to talk a little bit about it today. For the reasons this. House slaves. We all know this term. We kind of know the definition of what house slaves is. But what about... On a global stage, what does a vassal state mean? Vassal state. So I'm going to quickly run this by you guys. And please feel free to call in. And Brady, please chime in if you want to. Okay. Because to me, vassal state definition is a state with a varying degree of independence in its external affair, but dominated by another state in its foreign affairs and the potentially wholly subject to the dominating state. Compare the definition of vassal uh, state to house slave. House slave was a slave who worked and often lived in the house of the slave owner, the master, performing domestic labor. Okay, vassal states, as far as I know, in all the past colonial wars, that include the Korean War, the Vietnam War, the Second, uh, second World War, all uh, the french Indochina War, the vassal states actually provided the personnel and the materials to the master nation. In this case, the United States. I'll give you an example. India provided medical personnel in the Korean War. Okay, I know this South Korea provided the combat troops, in addition to support u- uh, units, to the U.S. combat forces in Vietnam. So to me, vassal state, so house slave, seems to me it's a domestic concept in the colonial framework, colonialistic framework. Vassal state is like the the house slave. A nation as a house slave. So, so to me, the geopolitics is really ethnopolitics. So, so this is what I wrote. I want to share with you guys is that in, in, uh, in the description of this potentially second show, it's called po- geopolitics equals ethnopolitics. So I said this, ethnopolitics seems to be a the appropriate nomenclature of a current geopolitical topics and the historic ge- geopolitical topics, aka the global colonialistic history. Yes, there are a few exceptions, but most of all past and current geopolitical conflicts has been ethnic conflicts. The ideologies, religions, political beliefs are just ruses and excuses. In order to decolonize history and debunk myth and the misinformation manufactured by the Western mainstream media and the deep state, we must, first of all, set straight the name of the game to keep it real, to keep it simple, to cut to the chase, geopolitics, has almost always been ethno politics. So that is what I want to talk about and uh, about the news. I'm going to talk a little bit more about how slaves and what the vassal states do in a in a global conflict in a glo- global imperialistic wars. So, so, so that is. A, some, something I want to talk about. So the first thing I want to talk about is the history. The founding fathers built a house. They called democracy. That house called the dem- democracy has slaves. And we all know today that it is self-evident that this democracy is a white majoritarian democracy then meaning the, at the founding the u.s government is a form of a white majoritarian democracy because the slaves the Native americans are explicitly excluded from the government so even today this democracy as i call it is still a white majoritarian democracy OK, so so among back then, among the slaves owned the founding father, uh, owned by the founding fathers, there were house slaves. The house slaves actually played an essential role in the entire slavery. So as you can imagine, today I'm going to talk about black cops as house slaves. My personal experience with black cops is very, very timely. It's, uh, when I went to drive, drove all the way to Memphis, Tennessee to research the 1968 Memphis sanitary worker strike, uh, my, my truck was, uh, burglarized. I'm pretty sure by two black auto theft, uh, thieves. And when I called 911, two black cops show up. Remember, this is uh, when already Tyree Nichols, uh, was killed. By these uh, five Memphis black cops, so I had some uh, ex- exchange with uh, with uh, these two black cops. They are very similar to the white cops I, I encountered in Miami Beach, because in Miami Beach, my bicycle was stolen in a in a downtown commercial district, in, in like a shopping se- uh, center. I think it's called the Lincoln Lincoln Road Mall. And the white cops over there, you know, it's very typical. And they told me they're going to take, take, um, take care of my situation, but they cannot because they have a, a burglary in a department store. So they are going there to take care of that. There were five white cops there. I waited patiently for an, an hour and they just drove off without even telling me anything. What happened? Be- despite the fact they promised me they're going to come back to me me and write up a police report. So when I came to the Memphis, the black cops pretty much act the same way. You know, they told me that I'm lucky that they actually show up after I called 911. They told me usually they don't even come to the situation like I'm, I'm dealing with. And they even tell me this. I think they're trying to trick me. I told them I want to write up a police report that someone is trying to steal the carburetor under my truck they asked me this they said you we they do not they did not see any damages to my truck they, this is what they said they said whatever they write up write up wrote up for me can only be served as a memo not a police report because i have not reported any damages Okay. They, they said this to me when I started my truck. And as you can imagine, when the carburetor was, try, uh, uh, was cut, uh, the truck made very loud noise, right? Even with that, they will say they do not see damages to my truck. Therefore, they can only treat whatever I reported as a memo. They told me I have to show an actual damage for them to make it as a police report. So what they did to me is very similar to what the whites did. They are not here to serve; they are here just to play with you. Okay, so so of course I'm gonna follow up with the uh, with the Memphis Police Department. And uh, and 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 now I don't blame them; these uh, f- uh, two black cops. Guys, I always treat them as house slaves because I always had that suspicion since thirty years ago when I heard this song, "Black Cop, Black Cop, Black Cop." Okay, as the song said, it's illogical for the former slaves to become cops. It's illogical. That is so true. That is so true. So, so, so this is a, uh, you know, what I want to cover to start with I'm trying to m- remember the background of how this KRS-One song came up I'm going to guess that song came out probably in the early 90s that's where the war on drugs already has been on for a long time as we know the war on drugs is pretty much a good excuse to lock up a lot of racial minorities Right, it's not, as we all know. There's a far more drug users and the drug processors among the white population, but most convicted person of a drug offenses are blacks and the Hispanics. We know that, right? So I'm trying to remember why this guy wrote this song, sing this song. So I said, okay, probably that is a war on drugs. He saw a lot of a. Uh, Black cops on black kind of enforcement. Now that's what this lyrics is talking about, right? So I'm trying to remember. Okay, that makes sense. So he this uh, this KRS guy he was upset with with what's going on. So he come out with the song. Oh, by the way, if you go to YouTube to play this song, you will see some reason comment by the YouTube users saying whatever this guy is singing about rings true, as the death of Tyree Nichols shows. Okay? Okay, and furthermore is this, just at the time when these, uh, these, uh, these, this black cop, black cop song was being played, Joe Biden was very busy. He was the chief architect of a 1994 crime bill. Does anyone know what 1994 crime bill does? Let You know what 1994 crime bill did when it comes to cops?
2: When it comes to cops, uh, the use of deadly force or like... uh
0: The 1994 crime bill has a specific purpose. It comes with the money. What's those monies for? It's about cops. Anyone? Okay. Amanda, Amanda, why do you block and ban me when I have had no words with you? What is it that I did to you? Gotcha, Peter. Yes, I, I appreciate it. I appreciate so apparently Lance does not know even though he's old enough I thought he he would know Uh, so basically the 1994 crime bill put one additional 100,000 cops on the street okay so that's what happened and the the perp the reason for that and this is using Joe Biden's own word Joe Biden's own word He, he Joe Biden used the word super predator to describe the the uh, the urban youth in the inner cities, that's why he said we need put one hundred thousand more cops on the street. So guess what? Just about the time when this KRS song is being played, Joe Biden is busy putting out more cops on the street to lock up more people. So that is, uh, you know, because. Black cops as house slaves is important. Just like the house slaves during the slavery time. Okay. The, uh, going back to, to, the, uh, to the slavery time. Uh, actually, I'm going to cover that later. I want to distinguish this uh, uh, term called Uncle Tom from house slaves. When I use the word house slaves, it has a specific meaning. It has to be a government actor. It, ha- it the it has the house slaves are there to enforce a law, to operationalize the white majoritarian democracy. Okay, so in the old days, during the slavery time, the house slaves managed the field slaves. Okay, they they they, they help the masters to do that. And today it's the same. The house slaves, the back ops, the black ops, it's doing the same. And uh, he ha- Uncle Tom is a more of a private person. And whatever Uncle Tom did to his masters, it's between him and his master. There's no government function involved there. And if he chooses to be super nice to his white master, that's his own business, not mine. As long as he's not enforcing any law upon me, I'm okay with it. But how slaves is different house slaves is there to enforce laws how slaves is there to enforce rules he has he is there to carry the master plan of his masters so that is kind of important okay again feel free to jump in if i'm m- misspoken here yep
2: how slave- oh, i just want to say hello good morning and I'm wondering if you did any of the homework that I gave you uh, regarding Rage Against the Machine and the Hook movie. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> uh, great
0: question, Brady. I can only promise is that, oh, I did listen to Rage Against the Machine. Uh, it's very similar to rap, like a rap music. I'm just not into it. I mean, I'm pretty sure I, I heard this. Uh, is a, It started with Viet. Via something I've got It's not Vietnam It's Via something Vietnam uh, I heard that Now uh, Specifically And uh, I have not Completely grasped The meaning Of that lyrics But I I intend to do More of, of that I, I kind of want to Just dwell on that One song And see what I get You know A good grasp Of that
2: I just have one more I Question making- for you Before we go, go Um, I, I Or before I go Before I go um, mm-hmm. In I I consider Quentin Tarantino to be a little bit of a creep like Harvey Weinstein, but I will admit that he makes really good movies And I'm wondering if you've seen Django Unchained yet.
0: I have not I I should catch up uh, My bad, uh, I will tell you there's a tendency in me that uh, I know you probably will hate The uh, I follow this guy smoothie X-File. He he has this, this theory which I agree He said that Americans their action are guided by Hollywood. He, the Americans, uh, deep state, the war machine, are literally got their, uh, their, 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 their lessons taught by Hollywood, such as Top Gun. And in his opinion, the wars never fought like what how the Hollywood described to you. It's entirely different, which I agree with with him. So I have tried not to learn my lessons from what Hollywood. Is presenting or presented, but I will tell you, I got a lot, a lot, of my education about the racial equality from a comedian, uh, uh uh Dave Chappelle. That is very true. Every time this guy come up with some funny shit, I will Google that history, the real story behind. This is the, uh,
2: the, this, this is exactly why I recommended Django Unchained you because Samuel L. Jackson plays a brilliant portrayal of what we'd call a house slave, uh, kind of a, a trusted slave by the slave master. And it's a brilliant portrayal of slavery. It's a very brave, uh, story. And I would actually like to see more movies like that made by black movie makers. And I'm very happy to participate as a bad white guy in any of those movies. Cause I feel like I could, I could do a good portrayal similar to uh, Samuel L.
0: In uh, Jenga, but that, like, like I said, Brady, I am seriously contemplating on this, uh, second show, more like a news comment, commenting show about the, uh, called the geopolitics equals ethnopolitics. I would love to have you always, you know, you know, I, I'm a big fan of you. There's no doubt about that. So yeah, I appreciate it, but of, of course, I have to plead guilty. Of not uh, following a lot of uh, Hollywood productions, you know, I just have to be honest uh, uh, towards you and towards uh, the listeners here. So, so I want to uh, continue on with this. Like I uh, posted on my update, slavery is a racial integration. Okay? It races are integrated in junior slavery. You may not like that integration, but it is integration. And, uh, you know, everybody's living on the plantation, right? The house slaves played an essential role role back then. You know, they keep things in order. They keep things nice. After the Civil War, the, uh, the, 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 the white majoritarian democracy intentionally exclude blacks out of the government. So segregation established by the U.S. Supreme Court is is no longer a racial integration. It's a racial separation, right? It's a racial segregation. During that time, you don't hear about the story of house slaves because there's no racial integration anymore. There's no need for house slaves. They're out of work. Right? Uh, since the Brown v. Board of Education, as Malcolm X called it token integration, the racial integration started again. Oh, by the way, Malcolm X is, I, I admire him because he really see through the motivation of this thing called the white majoritarian democracy. He said this in one of his speeches. He said these so-called uh, racial integration, by the way, it's always for black people. It's not for Japanese or Chinese. This, every time racial disintegration is talked about, it's always about black people, he said. He said this racial integration is not only it's a token integration, it's also a ruse to be done by the United States so that they would not, they will, they will not lose the moral authority on the world stage. That's what Malcolm X said. And guess who said recently? Another calling host by the name of Bide, B I D E. bite not Biden. He has said him this, he said, Peter, he said, in in regard to Brown V Board of Education that you know ended the racial segregation, you can he said, Peter, you cannot limit yourself within the four corners of the law. He said that the US Supreme Court must have considered right after the Second World War, the Soviet Union, the communist countries were pointing fingers at the United States in regard to the treatment of black people. Whatever that desegregation, token integration, you know, whatever name you want to call it, it is a some kind of a strategic move for this white majoritarian democracy to re-establish their moral authorities in the world stage. So it's a token integration. There is a political purpose in that. But however, because this is, after all, another round of racial integration. There is a need for house slaves. Right? I have talked quite a bit about the white left. Malcolm X has a lot lot of words about the, the he called the white liberals. You can, you know, listen to him. I need not to talk about it today. I would focus on how slaves are coming back because of this thing called racial integration. Okay, so so that is the history that I consider why house slaves are needed again. Like I said, after the Civil War, the white majoritarian democracy, led by the U.S. Supreme Court, established the racial segregation. Therefore, there's no need for house slaves. Now the desegregation comes and the white majoritarian democracy all the western civilization have a genuine need from the black population they actually have a genuine need from from the white population they needed the white liberals also to re-establish the moral authority of the white majoritarian democracy on the other hand, they can seriously use the help of some house slaves from the ba- black population. Just like the, the house slaves in during the slavery time, being a house slave give you all the benefit of a house slave. You got to eat with the masters. You live inside the quarters, living quarters of your masters. You got, you got better clothes, better food. And all that. Right? You are in the know. The house slaves can listen in and hear what the masters are talking about. As a matter of fact, I have, you know, I realized that one of this, uh, uh excuse me, uh, of this uh, Haitian rebellious leader who is a, uh, who was a house slave. And, uh, but he... Being the insider, he know that slavery is just evil, so he actually started the uprising, and that's how uh, Haiti is, I think, is is Haiti. is the first country that got rid of the, uh, is the first uh, country that are ruled by the, by the former slaves. Now, I'm sorry, I actually, okay, his name is uh, the leader of the Haitian Revolution, Toussaint Louverture was a former house slave. Think about it. The house slaves literally can be the whistleblowers if they so choose to. Like Edward Snowden. Edward Snowden, you know, is getting paid the six figures to spy on the Americans. But he became a whistleblower. So among house slaves, there's good ones like this guy, Toussaint T O U S S A N T Loverture L, single quote O U V E R T U R E, was a former house slave. He led a slave revolt. How's that? So, so so, house slaves are tr- truly important because today the black cops also, they established the legitimacy, moral authority to kill unarmed blacks. I remember I had a quick glance of a Tucker Carlson show immediately after the death of a Tyree Nichols. Basically his message is very simple, say, look, also, kill among blacks. It's no longer a white supremacist who kill blacks, right? He will say that. That's all the trickery. That's all the trickery. So, 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 so. Continue. Alice is this. The house slaves know. Do they do know better? Okay, I will give you another example. Black judges. The black judges knows. They know how our justice system work. Some of them are actually very outspoken. Some of them are not. I mentioned because I'm I'm from Delaware. I'm still live. I still live in Delaware. I know in back in 2013, 10 years ago. In this church called the First Unitarian Church, right off uh, the Conquer Pike uh, of Route 202 in Wilmington, Delaware. uh, This church uh, organized a panel made of all the African-American judges. Uh, They gathered together uh, talking about the criminal justice system. There were quite a number of African-American judges who are very outspoken. About the criminal justice system, they consider it is completely dysfunctional. They say that. Okay, I know for certain. A lot of black cops, they know how how they operate. They know how white cops operate. They know how corrupt our whole system is. And I'm in hope that more and more house slaves will have a rebellion. We'll say this is probably not what we want to do. Okay, so the next topic I want to talk about is that the house slaves do not have the equal standing in this white majoritarian democracy. As soon as the Tyree Nichols' death, I came out with someone's show I forgot. I think he probably is on my own show. I've said. Did you all notice how quickly these five Memphis cops got arrested, booked, charged, and fired after the death of uh, Tyree Nichols? I have said before, even if they were white cops, the police union would have stepped up and defend them, at least for their jobs. Usually, when something like this happened, they will be put on something called the administrative leave, with pay or without pay, pending investigations. Back in Delaware, I'll tell you, you can Google it. I don't have the name right now. But there is a video clip. Very short video clip. That this black man. Disabled. Sitting on a wheelchair. Having a bad day. He has mental issues. Having a gun on his lap. Just like wheeling in his wheelchair on the street of Wilmington. I think four white cops line up like a firing squad and shoot him to death nothing happened to these four white cops the mother of this dead young man even today is still demanding justice she demand criminal prosecution this shooting happened I think in 2015 The house slaves do, do not have the equal standing under the law. They will be the scapegoats quickly. So that is what happened here, right? I will give you another example. Again, we're going to use dollar words. Example: This guy by the name of Major Fred Way. He's a black guy. He was he was the boss of a women's correctional institution. In Delaware that women's prison house about 400 female inmates because they cannot afford uh, bonds or they, they are convicted and all that one day it was found that this boss of the prison were having sex with the with the inmates Upon the discovery, he is immediately put on administrative leave without pay. And very quickly, probably within a month, he was uh, fired, charged, arrested, and charged. This is in Delaware, okay? Now, the story is this, is that these two female inmates actually took the initiation to have sex with him but regardless he was fired he was terminated he was prosecuted i think he he was convicted in the same state there is a judge by the name of william c bradley an irish name b-r-a-d-l-e-y he molested about 25 young boys one of these young boys was a foster kid under the care of the state of Delaware and he still went ahead and molested this young boy when he was 14. in 1994 and in around 2009 twice Victims of this state judge came forward demanding this judge, arrested and charged. Nothing happened to this judge. The judge is a white person. So you can be house slaves, but you will not get the equal standing in this form of government called the white majoritarian democracy. So, go figure. All right. So, now I'm going to expand a little bit more. And uh, my apology, but just uh, Brady, stop me if I'm going way overboard. I want to bring this house slaves concept on the global stage now. Going back to that word, vassal states. I'm going to give you a few examples. Of a similarity between vassal states and the house slaves. Vassal states will do whatever the master nation asks them to do. These days if the US wants Germany to provide tanks to Ukraine, Germany does it. No question asked. They do not have an independent foreign policy. Their foreign policy is determined by the master nation in this case the united states in the past that happened okay so have you heard uh this uh term called the the french foreign legion the french foreign legion are made of mostly non-french people just to give you an idea In the battle of Dian Bien Phu in Vietnam during the first Indochina war, nearly 50% of the Dian Bien Phu defenders are non-French. They are from Algeria, they are from, they are from African, other African countries, from some other places. That all I know is this. Nearly 50%. French, as one of the colonial power, knows the best how to use house slaves. In this, in this case, the fo- uh, the French Foreign Legion can be called the Army of House Slaves. Another concept, I'm going to go to British, I'm going to go British, Gurkha. The Gurkha units are composed of uh, Nepalese and the Nepalese speaking Indian people and are recruited for the Nepali army. 36, uh, sorry, 96,000 strong. And they are recruited by Indian army, British army. Gurkha contingent, Singapore, Gurkha reserve unit, Brunel and yada, yada, yada. The Gurkha army is an important colonial tool. They are also an army of house slaves from the vassal state. If you look at some of the old documentary about Vietnam War, You will see on the street of Vietnam, on the street of Saigon or Hanoi. Who are the police patrolling the street of Saigon, the street of Hanoi? The Indians. Not the Native Americans. The Indians from India. Right? Because India was once called British Raj, So they are a colonized nation. From the colonized nation, you can recruit armies of house slaves to do supportive work for you. I've said earlier, during the Korean War, remember the Korean War is a war between the United Nation and China. Indians from India, they they decided not to get involved with the combat duties. So they send in medical personnel, but still they are house slaves. This is what house slaves do, right? And in fact, the British used Indians from India to help them to govern the African colonies. Uganda is a country and uh, there is a dictator in Uganda by the name of Amin A M I N in the early 1970s he issued a order to expel all Indians from Uganda There's some um, news clips on youtube you can watch it yourself of course you can imagine these indians who are expelled from uganda oh by the way they are british password holders they hold british password uh, passports because uh again because they are the house slaves of the british colonial powers they feel very very unfair to be expelled from uganda but uh, this dictator I mean he has he had an excuse. He said, You the Indians here has been the tool by the British. And you have helped ruin our country. Therefore, we have the rights to get rid of you. That's what he did. Now I'm certainly not approving what this dictator did. But I can tell you this in this country. In the United States, we literally ship off Native Americans off to the Caribbean. The entire tribe got shipped off, sure, to the Caribbean. So we are not better than, I mean, the dictator of Uganda. So, but I want to, you know. So the, what I want to show is this. The vassals the concept of vassal states. The role of vassal states is in in the global stage is very similar to that of those house slaves. Oh by the way, actually, in uh in China there's a lot of uh, so-called the concessions territory like in Shanghai, in Beijing, in Canton, where the Chinese government, the Qing dynasty, signed with the the Western powers, that certain district belongs to French, certain district belongs to British, certain district belongs to the Americans. And in those districts, you can imagine, they need a police force. Very often, the Indians are imported from India to be the police in those foreign concessions. That is how it operates. So, now, now with that said, I'm going to check some... Uh, uh, okay. Uh, how many countries are Vassal, States, not? Great question. This is the exact question, Cargo 200, I want to talk about in my second show. It's called, uh, you know, I have not decided yet whether I want to do it or not. It's called geopolitics equals ethno politics so great question okay because in this show I want to kind of focus on more of a you know our justice system okay we have a house we have a black cops as house lays in the new form of a racial integration we need these people to do the job of the white majoritarian rule so 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 i want to you know focus on that but i am going to talk about more geopolitical thing because uh, i have said you know so good point uh, you know good question 200 go ahead phil hey
3: y'all good show interesting stuff here
2: and
3: yeah I I've, I've been having questions throughout, but then when you were talking about uh, Idi Amin and the expulsion of the the Asian population, so what what sort of um, you're talking about how these citizens who came and were sort of playing a, a, a certain kind of role, and when it was a a, a British colony um mean he was expelling them in his quest for what for like a, a more of like a, a nationalistic vision of his country uh, i've read a little bit about it but i, I don't know so much about his uh, motivations or or is this sort of in the theme of your house late thing where you're saying he could not trust them because they were sort of placed there by, or they were closer to the old ruling power?
0: Yes, Uh, Phil, that's another great question. So these are the questions I kinda of want to discuss. I don't know the answer. I kinda of want to discuss in my second show. It's called uh geopolitics equals ethnopolitics. Because uh, like I said, a lot of people ask me, hey, what about these Chinese balloons? As I, you know, I was like, that's not the topic I want to cover in this particular show. But yes, I want to evaluate more about the admin situation. But I want to tell you like Phil, you just give me you know something else I want to talk about. Like we know this uh 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 Nikki Haley is gonna challenge Donald Trump, right? We have seen a lot of successful uh, Indian Americans, not the Native Americans, the Indian Americans, right? In the politics, in in business and all that. But guess what, like uh, like my episode already talked about, uh, my episode about Amy Wax, go back, you can go back and uh, listen to my Amy Wax episode. Amy Wax I said, these Indians from India, they are from shithole countries. If they ever criticize the United States, they should go back to their shithole countries. Trump has some strong words about uh, Nikki Haley already, right? So in other words, all these uh, Indians from India, despite the fact they historically has been, not all of them, there's one billion people. I'm not I'm never going to paint a broad brush of one billion people. But even some of them, has been house slaves and benefited from the colonialism in the past. What is their role today? It will be interesting, right? Now, having said that, remember, during the Ukraine war, India has been kept axed by the West to be more aggressive towards Russians. But so far, they have refused steady... Hmm.
3: I, I would Go never ahead. interrupt you except that I don't want to move on from a subject that you, you just finished. It feels like we're going to get away from it. Do you mind? Yes. If,
4: okay. I don't mind. Go ahead.
3: Yes. The I way don't mind. you yeah. talked about uh, India benefiting from from colonialism. It's interesting, right? Yes!
5: Yeah,
3: so what I wanted to bring up is it gets so complicated, doesn't it? Because you might say something yes. like uh, look at some subset of the population and you say oh you know if not for uh, them you know being under british rule they might never have become say the largest group of business owners in uganda y- you might begin to tell yourself a story like this but yeah can you also yeah. said but but can you also say sorry that if if that had not happened you would not even have this group that needs to be going and seeking these things and they would never even have to be maybe displaced is too strong a term. though i will say i know enough about uganda to tell you that a large number of people came as indentured labor to work on the railways so let's also be careful with some of the details but you get my point here right
0: you, you, you're exactly right phil i you're exactly right that's exactly first of all you can tell i never want to talk about this unless i can have a Uh, uh, Calling hosts who are from India Or who are Indian uh, heritage Because I want to have an open and transparent discussion on that This is first, right? Second, so let me just bring up Yes, it's getting complicated Because, uh, you know, I'm going to name some names, okay? Because the other day I have said Penny Wong, the foreign minister of Australia I consider her a house slave She's Chinese, I can accuse a Chinese uh, house slave I don't give a fuck I can use the word chink. You know? Catherine Tai, the trade representative of the United States, I consider her a house slave. I'm going to tell you why late in a, in a different show. But here comes the tricky part. You know, we just had a, uh, a rage against the war machine. Is uh, Lloyd Austin a house slave? Is Colin Powell a house slave? Is Condi Rice a house slave? Remember, These people may be a victim, or at least their ancestors, may well be the victim of colonialism. Should I, you know, when they engaged in with themselves, with the war machines. All right, this is is where I'll push back,
2: Peter, and I'll say no, that Condoleezza Rice and Colin Powell are not house slaves, they are the slave masters. The color of someone's skin no longer designates mm-hmm. um, those kind of power structures. A power structures completely beyond racism. Racism is something they use to divide and distract the subordinate civilians. But I, I would offer that racism does not exactly exist in higher power structures. It's about ability and, and willingness to do what needs to be done to accomplish their mission. And, um, so I would offer that those individuals are more like slave masters than house slaves.
0: That's a great point, Brady. No, like I said, I do not have a firm conclusion on these things at all. You know, I this episode is totally because of the death of a uh, Tyree Nichols. I was like, uh I was like, yeah, I need to do an episode about that. Because uh, I know about this song Black Cop, Black Cop, Black Cop, 30 years ago. <laughs> i was like i have always thought about song and now this is time a perfect time to talk about it because uh, like this song said these house slaves they are not like they get paid well you know that that uh that the uh, women's prison uh boss he got paid sixty-five thousand dollars a year that's half how I, uh, how much i made he's not paid that well you know but, you know, he, and he's not being equally treated either. I have to talk about this, uh, federal judge by the name of L.C. Hastings, right? The FBI played the trick on him. Put some cash on, uh, in, in his freezer. So he got, uh, arrested and charged for, for, for bribery stuff and got, uh, got, uh, impeached. I have to say, yeah, uh, I have
3: thoughts from most of what you were saying previously, Peter, that it's not exactly like you, Brady, but it really lines up, I think. And it's um, when, and don't get me wrong, Peter, I appreciate this show and the way you explore topics with you kind of like find this framework and you stick with it. It's like, uh, you know, there's a consistency to it, yeah? But can we say that um, when you, for example, take the story of these cops and the place you begin your analysis that you look at their actions and you say, Oh, if you, you did these actions and what do I have to say about how it relates to your race? Right? So you begin at that point and you say, they're betraying, you know, you talk about as if they're betraying their race in a way as if they, they should even have some kind of loyalty to begin with. Um, and that's interesting. I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but it, why you think this way. Um, oh, great this- question,
0: Bill. Yes. You reminded me that I, uh, of something I said already, uh, soon after the, uh, killing of, uh, uh, Tyree Nichols. I was like, cause from my own experience, that I, I was like, it's not possible for these five cops not knowing the societal and the economic conditions of African Americans, especially inner cities. Now, I actually make distinct uh, this, uh, distinctions. I done my Rosa Parks episode the other day. Like I said already, Rosa Parks did not violate that law at all. Back then, these black folks they they are just behaving themselves under the strict adherence to the law. They did not. It's the police who actually violate that Montgomery City Code, Chapter Six, Section Eleven. In these days, George uh, George Floyd did use a twenty-dollar f- fake twenty-dollar bill. Is that right? Tyree Nichols did uh, uh, was suspected of a reckless driving. Is that right? Oh, well, I don't. Know. Uh, what's the
3: idea?
0: Uh, yeah, uh, Eric uh, Gardner, he was accused of selling Lucy's. Now, are these uh, offenses? Yes. Are they chicken shit offenses? Yes, they are. So my question is this. For a black person, for a house slave, you should know the condition of the field slaves. For a black cop, you should know the societal and the economic, even medical, and the mental health conditions of your own people it's not like you never visit these people's house it's never like you never know what's going on with their lives so that's what's interesting i i, I,
3: I hear what you're sorry i hear what you're saying Peter. um it's like you're operating under this assumption right that there's the people who end up doing these jobs, that almost always involve this dehumanization, um, are are operating with that level of uh, identification and empathy and compassion, like um, in, in the ability to sort of like write off some kind of action they see on the street because they say, ah, well, you know, I, I know the background on this, I know where they're coming from, and. Then, I think I'm going to let this one go. I mean, I I don't see that many cops can ever operate that way, regardless of their background, right? It's like, I get where you're coming from, but but we also uh, should think about the actual job, the role that they play first. Like, do you think, um, So I I think I said no, go
0: ahead. Yeah, so again, great question. I mean, I welcome this counter-argument. Just re- remember this No one's ever going to offend me <laughs> Whatsoever Because if you listen to my episode you If you listen to my interaction With any callers or commenters I have never You know you know, I have never Feel offended Personally or, or intellectually By anyone Not whatsoever Going back uh, What you have uh, just said this, It's not like a, I am full crimes I'm not I have a uh, uh shared with uh, uh, on my show my true feelings when someone is uh, under my truck try to use a saw to cut off the carburetor it's a violent, there were very loud noise violent shake and uh, actually um during my trip to Florida and other places people have uh, some guys have asked me hey peter you should get a gun for yourself for your safety when you go to the uh, you might get robbed. You might, uh, come across the wild animals. So I, you know, I was talking to my lawyer friend. I said, Hey, sh- should I get a gun? You know, he said, No, you should not. But here is what I actually truly went through my mind. I was like, It probably will be a bad thing if I have a gun when this robbery is uh, underway. Well, I put out a gun and point to these uh, two thugs saying, don't move, I will shoot you. Whatever they are stealing, no matter how precious it is, is it equal to a human life? You know, I can say that I will not be able to live within myself if I kill any one of these two guys for stealing my carburetors. No, I'm not for crimes. I, I'm still going to follow up with the Memphis Police Department telling them, look, I have the tag number of the vehicle that these two thugs drove. I want to pursue them. But at the same time, I'm not going to say go kill them. Go beat them up. I'm not. I'm with you on that because,
3: one, later,
0: 100%. Because, because remember, like I said, in this... uh uh, Malcolm X speech. I said he, again, he always nailed it. He said we, the African American community, is trapped intellectually, economically, politically. It's called the debt trap. So these two thugs, likely they, you know, they grew up in a very, very horrible condition. That does not justify what they did to me. But at the same time. I'm not asking some death penalty out of them. So for me, these are five black cops who killed Tyree Nichols. Ooh, I think you cut you know, out, man. No, I'm just pausing what's the right word to use. I think they are doing the work of house slaves. Because if they are more considerate, you'll fight against one. He's not armed. What kind of harm? It's like uh, in George Floyd's situation, the guy is handcuffed, is that right? When he's being choked, George Floyd, he's already handcuffed. His two hands are tied up behind his back, is that right? What is the point to choke him? Maybe,
3: here's maybe a different way to, to ask it. And if this is getting too repetitive, I will take it and I will I'll sit down, because we can move on but do you I feel like in using the term house lit, there is a bit of um, a, a, an assignment of this extra shame or betrayal right and if a white cop does the same thing are we to say that they're actually acting in enforcing like um, they're, they're they're actually acting in accordance with what's uh, best for, for them and their group.
0: Uh, you, what you say? Is this just a police culture that causes this? Is, uh, the, where race has nothing to do with it? Is, is that what you're saying?
3: Mm-hmm. I wouldn't go as far as ever claiming race has nothing to do with something. Um, I'm interested here on the terms we use and how they operate, kind of, because, like, you know, we pick words to also... Try to bring about certain kinds of actions and shape the way people think, right? Mm-hmm. How slave? Um, i kind of wondering, like, what what are our expectations about how that word will operate? Is it supposed to sting? Oh
0: yeah, I hear you. Act? I hear what you say. Yes, great question. Yes, feel, uh, yes. So what I'm trying to lay out is this: is that it's the same. It's uh, I have said uh, always said that uh, judicial white privilege is the ember of colonialism. Colonialism on the surface, the slavery on the surface has died away. We don't have a slavery anymore. But that line of thinking, the strategy to govern the colonized remain the same. What i'm trying to say is that the house slaves always had that role to serve the needs of the master of the to 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 control the 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 oppressed in other words the job is so dirty the masters would not do it themselves so you will require the house slaves to do that it's very essential There will be no house slaves if Malcolm X got what he wanted. He said he doesn't care about these uh, protests. He said if the blacks have our own nation, have our own economy, have our own schools, have our own uh, cops, there will be no house slaves. End of the story. The house slaves only exist when there is a Racial integration at play here. That's what I want people to understand. Because there is in any, in this government, I call it a white majoritarian democracy, there is a master race, a race with superior moral values, presumably. They are so superior. They they there's some job just two thirty, that you have to have house slaves. To do it, so so that is you know, because I'll give you an example. Catherine Tai is the uh, trade representative appointed by Biden. Okay, Jen in the in a recent debate about because Trump imposed some. A uh, serious tariffs on the imported uh, goods from China. By the way, I don't give a f about that t- uh, tax because I know uh, in Chinese they're saying the uh, uh, I'm not going to use the Chinese anymore. Uh, let's give up. A- so basically, the tax is basically paid eventually by the consumers here in the U.S. So I really don't think that matters. That- but during a discussion, internal debate. In, within the Biden administration, Jenny Yellen is saying those tariffs should be removed because it caused inflation in the United States. Catherine Tsai is saying no, the tariffs should not be removed. This is a very typical example of how, what, how, how the house slaves' thinking is. Catherine Chai, I believe her parents are from Taiwan, but you know, she's Chinese, just no doubt, you know, ethnically speaking. She would not run the risk of being labeled as a spy for China or defender of China by voting against removing the tariffs imposed by Trump. In this case, you actually will take a white person to have that legitimacy to question the effectiveness of this Trump policy. That's why I called Kathleen Tsai a house slave. By the way, the house slaves is not doing a good job because of uh, Chinese government decided to place a very large purchase of Airbus from the Europe. They did not purchase Boeing. To me, the number one job to be the trade representative is to sell the U.S. made goods to outside to foreign countries. Catherine Tai. Fail to do so because she is a house slave. She did not serve the America's interests well. Not at all. Because she has that baggage as a house slave. So you can Google it. It's a recent purchase. I think last year, it's a very big purchase of Airbus planes from the Airbus industry in Europe, not from Boeing.
3: Well, thanks, Peter. We went back and forth a lot on it. If I could have one last, like, kind of closing thing, I would say when you, when you pick, like, a, a certain point of analysis or framework like this, you know, if you're a creative enough person, you can really work some, some interesting stuff with it. If you're loose and creative enough, you're going to find the examples that sort of fit into it. Even when things defy the example, I've seen people do all kinds of extra tricks with psychology and say, "Oh man, they're such—they're so traumatized that they're doing the opposite." And da da da. You know, it, there's a lot. There's a lot of um, degrees of freedom, so to speak, to shape any function. It's it's a it's an overfit problem. So oh, I just want to you leave you with that thought. I'm not trying oh, to I, discourage. It's just this no, kind no, of no no
0: no no. You're absolutely right. Creativity is is all about this show because uh, who the f talk about this kind of shit, except me, because I'm not afraid. And uh, and I mean, for anyone who disagree with me, yeah, bring your creativity. I, you will never offend me whatsoever. I mean, I hope that you will not be offended either, because we are bouncing ideas, right? We are bouncing ideas, and uh, and uh, uh, no, you you are not uh, because. Uh, this, uh, idea of, uh, geopolitics is actually ethnopolitics. It's just idea. I Google, the other day I Googled it. I jumped on Rudy's room and run this idea with some folks. I got the very strong pushbacks. Uh, you know, again, I don't feel offended by do, those, uh, uh, pushbacks. You know, I actually, I'll be more uh, disappointed if there's no response. I'll tell you that, <laughs> you know. So, no, I, I, uh, totally, uh, uh, love the 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 comments you you uh, you, you 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 made. One of the reason I like Brady a lot is this: I can tell this guy is a super creative as a musician. Okay, plus he's even into those uh, uh creative mushrooms and drugs that just made him more creative. That's why you know I like him a lot, and I disagree with him from time to time. I think I disagree with him yesterday with uh, Heidi. Uh, yesterday. Oh, Heidi, by the way, feel free to jump in. And, uh, because, because I will criticize Brady, not because I dislike him, because I like him. I like his creativity a lot. You know, so. Right on,
3: Peter. All right. Well, I'll hang up, but, uh, yeah, I'll let you keep flowing, man. Thanks for taking the call. Oh, oh,
0: no, I appreciate it. No, I actually, this is everything I want to talk about. Uh, to me is, uh, you know, I, I, I mean, this killing of a uh, Tyree, Nichols brought up a two old, not creative, a dry, stupid, routine, usual topics, two usual topics. Oh, actually, one, I'm sorry, uh, I, I got it wrong, sorry, one. It's called the police reform. I've said it before. Police, all their misconduct is protected by one thing, one thing only. It's called a qualified immunity. Where the qualified immunity came from? It's not from a law. It's not from any constitution. It's from the court. Right? You heard the discussion in Congress. Some people say, oh, we want to uh, make a law, uh, remove the qualified immunity. Why? Because the court established qualified immunity that empowered the police regardless of this skin color, to do what they do. You know? The fact that all the white left, the best solution they come up with is all oh, police reform, police reform. Now it's a distraction. The fundamental change is the the complete overhaul of our justice system, both civil and criminal. So, so that is, uh, you know, what I talk, want to talk about. And uh, by the way, this uh, geopolitics equals ethnopolitics. I have not decided to do it yet because I think I would need a partner to do this because it involves like reading the, like a TikTok news, also mainstream news on different things. And I just don't think I can do this all by myself. So that's one reason, you know, I don't know what to do about it yet. I just basically got, uh, a, a subscriber already of this uh <laughs> second show i was i was that's hilarious i don't i have not even published it yet so uh, go ahead brady you want to say something
2: oh well, just happy to help anything you ever need to make any of your projects. i love these shows they're so you, you got like a cool subject every time and it goes in so many crazy directions and you have so many um cool sources and like Interesting evidence that I never considered before. I, I wish I can remember right now what I was just thinking about today that I'd learned. It was, uh, oh, it was a mind blower. What was it? Uh, I forget what it was, but I learned something in this episode just today that was like totally racking my brain earlier. Um, man, I I, I can't. I'm, I'm too distracted cleaning out my fridge right now. <laughs> I, oh, that, fr- that's
0: all right, buddy That's all right, buddy So yeah, um, you're you're right. It's basically, uh, you know. By the way. Uh, I remember talking about going back. I remember once I got into uh, Heidi and the William's room and I, I was uh, telling both of them say, Hey, you two should host a good morning America calling edition show. <laughs> and I did not know what uh, what happened afterwards. I never expected, but it's uh, the similar things I was thinking. Well, there's a lot of uh, news that are worth, you know, commenting on. Uh, but I know for a fact that I cannot do this, this all by myself. And it takes some efforts to read through the mainstream media production and, uh, and, and kind of offered, you know, a different take, hopefully a creative take, uh, on things. Uh, you know, being the, uh, revived, uh, lap leak theory, yeah. uh, being, being the, 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 the Chinese balloon, uh, being the, uh, you know, just be old.
2: We need letting, a new you know, Colbert Report. We need a new Daily Show. Yeah, and a new Colbert exactly, Report.
0: Because exactly because kind got- yeah. Exactly. I mean, I really felt that it's a loss of a national treasure when uh, uh, Stephen Colbert and uh, John Stewart uh, went off of Comedy Central. Because I really felt that Comedy Central back then is just this corner that the creativity has no boundary. You can talk whatever shit you want to talk about, and it's actually funny and now you know the Colbert show on cbs is just like a more almost like just a mainstream media production you know and uh and uh and uh you know so so by the way uh, jr and uh cargo 200 feel free to call in if you have a disagreement with me i again you know will will you will, will love to 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 hear you know other people's opinions uh and, and, and whatsoever so yeah i would like to have something like that is called a, oh there you go jonathan thank you hey jonathan hey how's it going good jonathan go ahead what's your was, what's on your mind it was
6: uh, i like the edward snowden example because you're like oh he's paid six weeks like he, it's he, but he can still be the, the the house slave even though he's paid pretty well it's not about how much money you make it's about your relationship to power right yeah. So, exactly. Yes. But but on that well, but on that point, I would say that it's the the, the, the other these other countries the working people of our, other countries are the field are the field slaves, and you could say it's the ours are the working people in our country. Many of them are white, are the house slaves, or you could say the working class in both countries are the field slaves, and the PMC are the house slaves, or you could say. And this is from, like, Giannis, that it's the producers who are of the world now who are the field slaves and their financiers who are, the, are, who are the house slaves because their relationship to power is their relationship to the dollar. And the people who finance production always get the, the last word. And they get to decide who gets to produce and who doesn't, who gets the table scraps and who doesn't because the producers used to be the kings but now it's the financiers who are above them still and it's like the IMF and the World Bank decides which country gets to be producers and everybody else just gets left out of the entire system which to them is worse because there's no alternative system because the system is global
0: exactly Jonathan I'm so glad you brought up this point because uh like I said I used was not because uh, How slaves they know the system? They actually do know how the system works, right? I have said this is slave rebellion in Haiti. Google him. He is the one who have listened how the masters talk to each other behind the closed door. they know the the you know how the system works, and he come up with a rebellion, right? And uh, Edward Snowden I have called him an insurrectionist, right? You know he knows the how it works, and he come out. And you have you said it correct in the capitalist society, uh, you know, if you think this is unfair and you know how the system works, there will be hopefully house slaves who organize a rebellion and say this has to change. And uh, yeah, you're absolutely right.
6: Saddam Hussein and Gaddafi were they. Yeah, I mean, they were doing the, the bidding of the U.S., but then they're like, why all these foreign transactions happens in dollars? We're going to divest from dollars. We're going to have our own economy that doesn't rely on or send its value to the United States. And then they were killed. Like or, you know, so that's that's the risk you run. If you're a rebellious house slave is you might <laughs> just be killed because they can't let you get away with that.
0: Yes, you're obviously right now here. Talking about being killed, okay. This is why Deng Xiaoping has said, "If uh, as a country you are backwards, you are undeveloped, you will be bullied and beaten up." Period, <laughs> regardless of your ideology and all that, right? So in the case of uh you know, Edward Snowden, he is uh, stuck in Russia, right? A lot of uh, you know most of the slave revolts uh end up uh you know a failure uh 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 uh, suppressed and all that right there will be severe consequences right and all that so yeah no you're obviously correct that uh you just it's all come into place that you know oh by, by the way actually again back to uh this guy david Chappelle. He is the one who told me this. uh, I learned the story of this uh, Christopher Dorn, D-O-R-N-E. I mean, uh, I think I could be wrong about his name. He is a Los Angeles Police Department officer. He is a veteran. He was the one who witnesses that his uh, supervisor, a white lady, a white police officer, kicking the head of a criminal suspect. So he reported uh, his uh, supervisor. He got punished. He turned out to be a like a, a you know a mass shooter afterwards. Go. Here's another example, like a black cop working in the LAPD learned the police misconduct inside the police. And he decided to come out and criticize the police and got punished. And he ended up become, you know, a mass shooter. I think, I'm pretty sure his name is Christopher D-O-R-N-E. I can be wrong, but he is a APD police officer. So let me, uh, Jonathan, let me make you the speaker and I will take Heidi.
5: yeah uh you're right his name it is Christopher Dorn and he wasn't a mass shooter he actually executed his supervisor and his and the supervisor's daughter I think but it okay. wasn't glad he Go ahead. on a spree he kidnapped a, a couple and, and stole their car and then yep. he was uh, trapped in a cabin and they uh, shot the cabin up. Yeah. But most of the other stuff you
0: got right. Yeah. Oh Heidi, you just remind me. Once again, I just encourage you to call in because uh every time you call in, uh you folks, you give me you, you help me remember something I wanted to talk about and I forgot. I have another good house slave example. Okay? This is a real example. Ruby Rich Siege. Ruby Ridge Siege. Have you ever heard of that? Anyone on the panel? Ruby Ridge siege is this. It's a FBI siege in the, what's the so-called a white supremacist compound.
5: Okay. Separatist. Yeah.
0: The... Separate, whatever, right? But there's yeah. a story behind it. There's a story behind it. Okay. Because, uh, as you may not know, or may or may not know, Timothy McVeigh was triggered to bomb the federal mil- uh, building because of the Ruby Ridge siege. And Waco. Anyway, go. Yes. So what happened to Ruby Siege is there is a house slave. I do not remember his name, but I do know. He is a Japanese-American. He was a sharpshooter for the FBI. During the siege, he was the one who pulled the trigger, killing a unarmed white woman, holding her baby in her hands, and the teenage son, or starter of these uh, women. Okay, so so it's a siege. It's actually not. Uh, uh, it turns out it's the FBI who instigated the whole damn thing from the from start to finish. Okay, and of course we all know it triggers. This is why I always said when the government break the law. People take law into their own hands. And that's exactly what happened as far as Timothy McVeigh is concerned. Because as we know, know, Timothy McVeigh is ready and prepared to die. He is very happy to be executed. He wanted that to happen. He is like, a, he want him to be like, a, remember, like a John Brown. The, okay, there, but there, going back... There, go, I, go I,
5: I just want to say there's also... Um, a possibility that he was a sheep dip patsy like Lee Harvey Oswald and he was doing it at the behest of of the government of the uh, like um black ops just so you know oh. that is a
0: Oh okay. A, okay. A Interesting. Okay. But uh, what I want to talk about is the house slave. That sharp shooter is Japanese. Remember this. What happened to him? He actually later was uh, arrested and criminally prosecuted. It did not end up to the trial. But because of, of all the shitty stuff that FBI did, the government actually pretended to do something for justice. They actually criminally charged this FBI sharp shooter who pulled the trigger that killed this unarmed white woman with her baby in her arms and a teenage son or, or, or daughter. Google that. This is what I said. Being a house slave does not give you the equal footing under the white majoritarian democracy. Because I'm pretty sure if this sharpshooter is a white person, they are not going to be criminally prosecuting him. Because after all, he's doing what his boss asked him to do. That is what I want to...
2: I think uh, it's an interesting fact, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've heard the story a thousand times. I've never heard that aspect that it was one man that shot the uh, the teenage son and the wife. Um, and I didn't know he was a Japanese guy or anything like that. But um, I would say I think there was a guy that had a BB gun. He was like shooting out the window of his hotel room with a BB gun or something. And the cops came in and they had him walking down the hallway and like a white guy shot him. I think did he get charged with that or... Uh, I think he did get charged. I'm not sure.
0: Yeah. But a lot of stuff, yeah, like we have said that the, like a Tyree, uh, is a Tyree Rice, uh, T- T- Tamaro Rice? This is a 12-year-old kid. Was like a shot blank range, point blank, in I think Indiana. You know, that guy, that cop never got prosecuted. I, I don't think so. You know, this is why I, like I said, the, f- the speed that these five Memphis policemen got prosecuted, fired and all that is just, you know, is just the proof that being in a house slave in this thing called the white majoritarian democracy does not give you an equal footing in the whole thing. Right. So, so that is uh, what I want to talk about today. Uh, anything else? I'm still, uh, asking for volunteers. I know Brady appreciated, uh, for this uh, second, uh, second show. I was, uh, I am contemplating, not decided yet. Uh, any volunteers or anyone who knows who could be volunteers, please let me know. DM me or wh- whatever. If nothing else, uh, have a great rest of your Sunday. Again, thank you for being with me. I know you have much better things to do and, uh, I appreciate it and, uh, Hopefully, I will see you again uh, next Sunday. All right. Thank you. Okay. July is the volunteer. Okay. Good. <laughs> Just right.
2: doing some gardening and cooking lunch, man. Always a good show. Good. Keep it up.